Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I am Molly Nelson. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of the podcast. Also with us, Lauren Merkel and Haley Gutchenreiter. Did I say it right, Haley? Yeah, you did. If you say it fast and with confidence, you... I've said all kinds of things, and if you say them fast and with confidence, nobody knows. But we, we I want to get it right. We know you've heard me. You've heard me try to say a lot of things the over time. the years. Yeah, confidence, right? Shoot the free throw with confidence. So, two people that have a lot of confidence when it comes to retirement planning: Haley Gutenrider, Lauren Merkel. Lauren's a certified financial planner, a retirement income certified professional, and a certified financial fiduciary. And Haley is an investment advisor representative. Today updating your investments. So updating, right? Updating is a process we go through throughout our life. Haley, you were just saying it. It's time for you to update your car. What's wrong with the car that you have? How long have you had it and why are you ready to update? Yeah, that's a great question. So my car's, uh, my car's definitely lasted me really well the last 10 years, but now I'm entering a different phase of my life, thinking about having kids, winding down, the back seats getting Wait, what, is this an announcement? <laughs> Wait, hey, hang on one second. I've got, yeah, I got a couple of, can I, uh, you, you think about I'm not having, having kids right now, but you know, within the next, next couple of years. This is, this is breaking news to Lauren. This is breaking news. <laughs> and by the way, I just want to just backtrack because anybody listening who has children, because Haley doesn't, people at bless her heart. She just said she wants to think about having kids and winding down. So I just want to say, how, how do those two things work together from someone who has just maybe done this a couple four times. Um, how does hate having kids and winding down correlate for you? Yeah, I see how naive that sounds now. But for me, I feel like my husband and I are just always traveling. We're always busy every weekend. We're on the go, 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 which I'm sure kids also I'm, give you that. I'm teasing you just a little bit. You're thinking about the different phases of your life and how maybe a bigger car could serve you a little bit better in the future. I need more space for groceries. Exactly. A big SUV. Right now, I, I, as Lauren likes to put it, I drive a mouse car. So, you know, could maybe fit a couple clowns in it and that's it. <laughs> Tell people what you drive. I drive a Nissan Juke. A Juke. It's cute. A juke. I, juke. I see that and I always think, why is it called the Juke? J-U-K-E. Because it is just cute and small. Like you. Cute and small. <laughs> but maybe getting bigger. <laughs> which that does happen with children that's what i meant that's all i was getting uh, at I'm yeah. sure. you, you grow the children and you get bigger uh, in the car okay anyway so you understand how all of that works i'm just certain of that updating things rochelle i know you you've got something you you're working on or thinking about here oh yes uh backyard always looking to improve and update it uh thinking of backyard though merkel also is updating his backyard. Ah, do tell. Uh, up updating my fire pit uh, game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So stopped by Kansas. What was that city called? Basehor. Basehor, <laughs> Kansas. Picked up a nice little kettle fire grill. It, it is a witch's cauldron. Cauldron fire it, it's grill. It's huge. Yeah. So what, Am I hearing like team invite, getting invited over? Ooh. Oh, finally? I, I mean, is that? I feel like yeah. I helped pick it up. I, I deserve an invite. You, should grill you didn't something. even get out of the truck. <laughs> well. I don't know what other people may think if they see this whole team huddled around this cauldron. They may think we're doing potions. <laughs> what, what, what we're brewing inside <laughs> yeah, of what, are we Yeah, what's the vision? Retirement potions. What's the vision with this thing? Just uh, oh, cooking over an open fire? Is that kind of what you see? No, I'm thinking more of a hillbilly hot tub. So I, I have a permanent fire pit in the yard, and this is a cauldron. So right now I have the base set up over the fire pit, the permanent fire pit. Really? And I figured, this, I mean, this cauldron's huge. So it's 40 inches in. I'm not familiar with this hillbilly hot tub you speak of. 40 inches in diameter. Okay. 
So I'm going to put it over the permanent fire pit, put some water in it. Got it. Chase can get in there and have a little hot tub <laughs> experience. Go. Relax. Good, good, light, good. Light the fire underneath of it and just let it warm up. Good. Okay. Um, to be continued. Uh, we'll have to see how that works out. So we know we go through life and we update things, whether it's your wardrobe, your car, your backyard, relationships in your life sometimes need updating. We can go real deep with this thing too. But people, I think, understand the concept of most of the things I do have to evolve in my life. And retirement planning is no different. And today we're going to really narrow in to investments. So Lauren, you've been sitting down with people, helping them retire for more than 20 years. And what they started when they were 20 or 30 or 40 or maybe even 50 changes when they're 60, 70, and 80. There's two distinct phases of your investment life. It's the accumulation phase when you are. You're 20, you're 30, 40, 50 years old, maybe, and you're going through some different things in your life than what you're going to be going through once you do retire. So you're raising kids, you're buying a house, you're paying off the mortgage, you're maybe saving for your kids' college education. You're doing all these things that require a different type of investment portfolio, investment structure, and investment strategy. And then now you're on the doorsteps of retirement. You're a couple away a couple years away from retiring and you're thinking about things a little bit differently and just like Haley going to enter a different phase of her life (laughs) you are going to enter a different phase of your life where you're no longer making money you're no longer making money in the traditional sense that you're used to making money it doesn't mean that you're not going to be making money because now you're going to have this whole portfolio that will continue to make money for you based on your investment strategy. It's just you're not going to have W-2 earnings or earned income. So you have to think about investing a little bit different. And part of the overall investment strategy, number one, is to get organized. Because what we find a lot of people, a lot of people find themselves in a situation where they have what we call this drunk drawer full of investments, or maybe you have an old 401k plan that you maybe forgot about or didn't forget about, but it's in, it's in an underneath an old employer plan. Maybe you have a, an existing employer plan. Maybe you have an IRA. Maybe you start a Roth IRA. Maybe you have a brokerage account. You have all these different types of investments that are kind of scattered all over. So part of this process, this, this next phase of your investment life is to get more organized and consolidated. It's going to help you out within your overall retirement plan approach. And it's going to help you feel better about these decisions that you're going to have to make about during this next phase of of your life. Yeah, and we've used the term junk drawer. I mean, we did uh, we did some video. We did a show around this um, on our YouTube channel. You can check it out. It's some Merkel Retirement Planning M R. K-L-E, retirement planning. We, we brought out a junk drawer and people think of junk drawers, Haley, and they think maybe they're kind of embarrassing, right? So like I actually brought my literal junk drawer from my kitchen and it had some odd stuff in it. But these junk drawers of investments, nothing to be embarrassed of because what we find, I think with the families and individuals we work with is they've done the hard work. They've done the hard work of, of, of trying to do some different investments and, 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 and start that retirement savings. So it's nothing to be embarrassed of. It's just a, fa- a fact of turning it into income that's a real process. Oh, yeah. And, you know, with when the concepts of talking about a junk drawer, you know, we all have them, right? I mean, we all have them in our house. And, and usually those are where things go to be forgotten about. And maybe you haven't looked in your junk drawer in a while. And, and now it's time to get organized and get a plan together for simplicity reasons. And not only just for yourself, but it goes much deeper than that. I mean, think about your, your kids, your beneficiaries, maybe the loved ones that you want to pass on these assets to. It just helps to get much more organized with your investments, have an itemized list. 
understand how they're working for you um, because that's all going to go into part of the plan. So when you're when you have the full picture, it's much easier to identify, okay, where is my income going to come from? You know, who are these assets going to go to? Um, how are, you know, how does this bucket of, of investments need to be allocated so that I can meet my retirement objectives and have the lifestyle that I want to provide myself in retirement. And if you're listening and you're thinking, hmm, what is in my junk drawer of investments? What, what all do I have? Haley, you found out people are not alone if they're not exactly sure what's in that drawer. Oh yeah. People are not alone. Um, like I said, it's usually a drawer where things go to be forgotten about. And I was even a little bit curious about this because you know, if you, if you forgot about these assets, well, where are they? And I was looking this up online and there's actually 58 billion of unclaimed cash and benefits. And that comes from a variety of different sources. Uh, it comes from abandoned bank accounts. It comes from stock holdings. It comes from unclaimed life insurance proceeds and then forgotten about pensions. And I even can count on my, uh, my fingers, I guess, a couple, uh, a couple of families of ours who've been notified by Social Security that they had a pension that they never even knew about. So um, it can be, you know, very beneficial to basically get organized, you know, know what you own, know what you have, and then know how that's going to fit into your big picture of retirement. Well, you were just saying before we went on air here, uh, Haley, that you found an old 401k plan of your aunt's? Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, so my aunt, so we had a life event happen in our family. Our, my grandfather passed away last year and that was, that started a lot of conversations. She was inheriting this, this money. She was the executive of the state and she had no idea what to do. So I was helping her basically get the assets transferred over to her name. And, and through this process, she was thinking, well, I asked her, do you have a 401k plan? She's like, I don't even know. I don't know. I, I think I did at one point, but then our company got bought out or acquired by somebody else. And she goes, honestly, Haley, I have no idea. So I went down this rabbit hole of, of basically kind of helping her, you know, talk to her, reach out to her HR department, figure out maybe does she have a 401k? If so, where is it? And she did. She had a 401k that she's owned for 20 years, had no idea about it. And you open up the, you log into the account and there's money there, which is a great thing to find. And that's really important money. And I think that's an important thing to take away from this conversation is this analogy that we're using of junk drawer of investments. It's not like we're comparing the lost 401k plan to the lost paperclip in your real junk drawer. I mean, this is real money. It's really important uh, to help propel you to and through retirement. And it's a matter of just organizing it. You know, how, how nice would it be for me to go home tonight, open up my junk drawer and have it perfectly right. organized? in uh, that's just your junk drawer of stuff that really, in, in the big picture of things, doesn't matter. When we're talking about your junk drawer of investments, it matters. Uh, and that's why it's, it's uh, even more important to get it organized, uh, get it assembled in a way that there, there can be a more defined purpose of how you're going to use this money. And that's one of the important differences between the accumulation phase and the retirement phase is in the accumulation phase, you're just putting money away. You're just putting money away anywhere you can, when you can, at the level that you can for this this magical day, maybe 30 years down the road where you don't have to work anymore and, and you need this money to work for you. In retirement, now you need to have a specific purpose around what is this pot of your money? What is this bucket of your money going to do for you? What kind of lifestyle is it going to provide for you? When is it going to provide this lifestyle? Uh, and that's why the organization of your assets is so important at this point, because now there is truly going to be a defined purpose around how it's going to allow you to live the lifestyle that you want to during this next phase. 
Well, and just like you were saying, Lauren, in accumulation years, you know, you have this long time horizon on your side. So maybe it is more of a set it and forget it type of process when it comes to your investments, because you're thinking, I'm not going to be using this money for 20, 30 years down the road. But even in retirement, it is different. But you have to also think that you're going to expect to maybe have at least 20 or 30 years in retirement. So you still do have a long-term time horizon on your side. It's just going to look a little bit differently because you also have a short-term time horizon. So when we talk about getting organized, a lot of times we put it into context of having these buckets. So this three-bucket strategy, you have the money that you need now, so that's your now bucket, the money that you need soon, so your soon bucket, and then later in retirement, that's your long-term bucket. And you basically want to be allocated so that you know if you do have short-term needs for money, maybe that bucket of money over there is going to be safe and liquid. And then with our long-term investment bucket, Maybe we're going to be invested more aggressively because we know we have to make these funds last 20, 30 years down the road. So you might be wondering, how much do I need to have in each of these buckets? What do I have for junk drawer of investments? How do I start getting organized? Here is a great place to start. It's a 15-minute retirement checkup call. It's a complimentary call. You can go to MerkleRetire.com. Again, that's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. Lauren, you schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call. Can you get my junk drawer organized in 15 minutes? Not in 15 minutes, but we can certainly talk about it and get you on a path to help you get your junk drawer organized. Really, really what we do in these calls is we just start with what, what do you want to accomplish? Here's where you are tell us where you are. Here's where you want to go. Tell us where you want to go. And then we'll give you some some ideas as far as here's some of the op- opportunities that you have to really make an enhancement to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Uh, here's some things that you're doing really well. And throughout that 15-minute conversation, we can identify, do we want to take the next step? Do we want to take the next step in our communication, which is then we will Uh, provide an analysis of here's what you have going on. We'll kind of aggregate your junk drawer of investments together in a way that you can see it in a very simplistic view. And again, it'll really highlight in a visual way. Here's the opportunities that you have to help you live your retirement vision. And here's some of the things that you can really focus on in the meantime to, to improve what it is that you have going on. And the great thing about a 15-minute retirement checkup call is it doesn't matter where you live. You can schedule your checkup call today. Okay, the junk drawer. You look at my junk drawer, guys. You can tell me to get organized. You can help me get organized, rather. But what else can, can you discover by looking at this junk drawer? Sure. So when you're getting organized, that helps you basically discover maybe what fees you're paying. Also, what do you own? I mean, do do we really know what we own? And if we don't know what we own, then how do you know what purpose that serves within your investment plan? So, you know, one of the benefits of, of knowing what you own, understanding how that works for you. And then also you can have a conversation about maybe how much risk you're taking because you have to know what your own, you're, you're invested in in order to know how much risk that you are taking in your portfolio. And then you can identify, is that comfortable for you? Are you happy? where you're at with the risk that you're taking. Um, If we were to see another type of 2008 type of environment, you know, are you going to be comfortable knowing that no one likes to be down or lose money, but are you going to be comfortable enough to not hit any panic buttons or make any knee-jerk decisions with your investment? So I think that it can provide a lot of clarity uh, by getting organized and really having conversations about what you own, how much risk you're taking, and maybe even, you know, how much does it cost? 
And this is where being a little bit more intentional with your investments is really important because now that you're not working, you have a finite amount of resources and you're most people at least are taking money from their investments. So you might be taking money from your pension if you have one, taking money from your social security, and then you have this gap of income that is going to be filled from your investments. And this is where the, the intention behind how you're investing these investments is so important because if we go through another 08 or we go through another uh, turn of the century in 2000, 2001, 2002, and we go through the type of markets that we went through during those phases and you're retired and you're taking income out of it, it can dramatically impact the ability for your portfolio to last throughout the, the course of your retirement. And this is part of the, so Haley, you mentioned the, the bucket strategy, the three different buckets. That's part of the reason we create that bucket strategy to make sure that the, the short-term bucket, the now bucket is invested differently. So if we go through another market period where it's down 37%, like we saw in an 08, that that bucket of money where you're taking income isn't going to be negatively impacted by it. And then we have the medium term bucket that's invested a little bit differently, a little bit different risk category. And then we have the longer term bucket that can be invested with a little bit more risk shooting for something a little bit different. So each one of those buckets has a different purpose around it. It has a different parameter structure to make sure that you can have income now, you can have income in a few years, and you can have income much later in retirement as well. We're talking about investing in the working years versus investing in retirement, updating your investments. So when you guys look at these junk drawers, you look at what people have done. It's not junk. It's their hard work. It's their life savings. You show it to them. You tell them the fees they're paying. You tell them you know, where they're at. What's the most common things that happen? Are they like, yep, great. I'm right where I want to be. Or are they like, whoa, wait a minute that's not what I thought it was. I mean, is there, is there a lot of education that takes place or, or are people usually doing exactly what they should be? Typically it's a little bit of both of those reactions where there's some really good things that most people have going on within their overall portfolio. And then there's some things that, that they can improve or change to improve what, what they're doing from a portfolio construction standpoint. And it's our job to educate, as you had mentioned, yes, there's a lot of education that goes into our process. And it starts with that 15 minute checkup call where we give you as much information as we can about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then as we go through the process with the, with the zoom visit or the first visit in person, uh, we give you can just continue to give you more, but it's in a little bit different format where you can see it. So the phone call is nice because we can uh, meet you, uh, talk to you, figure out what's important. But when we can show you, some of the opportunities that you have, uh, I think it's easier for you then to, to understand here's the real opportunity that you have within your overall retirement plan to help improve what it is that you have going on. Well, not only show you, but we can also quantify it. So, you know, one thing that first came to me is a lot of people, when they come in here, they think they know what their risk appetite is. You know, they'll, they'll verbally tell us that they're, that they're conservative. But conservative may mean something different to you, Molly, than it means to me. So what we like to do is we like to put some context around it. We like to quantify, you know, how much risk are you really taking? Because conservative, aggressive, that is a broad spectrum. So when people come in, we'll sit down, we'll talk about the risk that they're taking in their portfolio, and we'll talk about it in dollar amounts. Because if we go through another 2008 type of environment and your portfolio could potentially lose $200,000, well, $200,000 is going to mean the same to you and to me. And we can all be on the same page. And that is an important factor that goes behind building these recession resistant portfolios. 
Speaking of the education too, I think part of the conversations you're having with people is let's look at where things are right now, as opposed to maybe what worked in the eighties or the nineties or what worked for your parents. And I know a conversation you're having with people right now is about bonds, bond portfolios, what to do with those, where, what place do they have in retirement planning? Bond conversation is a very interesting conversation right now, because historically we would use bonds for an insulator from the downside equity risk. Uh, but then we'd also use it for some upside appreciation. So you would have maybe a 60-40 portfolio. That's a pretty popular construction uh, type of construction with a portfolio where you have 60% equity in your portfolio, 40% bonds. And remind me, equity is another word for stocks, stocks. or not necessarily. Okay. Yep. Yep. So when we say equity, we just mean stocks. So you might have 60% of your portfolio invested in stocks, 40% of your portfolio invested in bonds. And in the 80s, the 70s, the 90s, maybe even even early 2000s, that worked. And what, it, what I mean by worked is if you were retired taking income from a 60-40 portfolio and we go through a really poor market condition, it wasn't going to necessarily blow up your portfolio and blow up your retirement. And then what we saw towards the latter part of or the mid or latter part of uh, 2000s and beyond is that was not the case. That is no longer the case. What we saw in 2008 is that the traditional 60-40 portfolio was down somewhere around 25-26%. And for most retirees, that is not going to get you where it is you want to go. Um and the worst part, every time we go through these types of downtimes is you don't know how bad it's going to get. So in 2008, we're six months into it and you're down 20% and the whole world feels like it's on fire. And the only thing you're thinking is how much worse is this going to get? I have to live off of this portfolio for the rest of my life. I'm down 20%. How much worse is it going to get? And that's when a lot of people decided to go to cash just to insulate themselves from that. So the bonds in 2008 didn't do what they were supposed to do or historically what they, what they always have done for us. And then you fast forward to this year uh, and really starting since 2000, 2020 is bonds have not been earning a return. In fact, they've been losing money. So when you have a 60-40 portfolio, you have 40% of your portfolio in bonds. Yes, you're not going to lose as much money if we go through a really poor market condition as what you would if you were all invested in stocks. But you're going to lose money most likely on that, that piece of the portfolio. And then when this, the stock market goes down, you're going to lose money on that piece of the portfolio. So you're going to lose money on all of it. So we have to get a little bit more creative. And with today's technology and um, advancements in the investment world, there are a lot more options out there for us than just bonds. I'm going to go back to the bond stock thing. And I don't know if this is, answer is going to make me fall asleep or not, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm buckling in. <laughs> is this because are bonds losing because stocks have done so well? Is there a, a relationship between those two? They're not losing because stocks have done so well. There's other factors that will go into the performance of bonds. And the primary factor driving the performance of bonds is interest rates. So traditionally speaking, when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. So if you have a, a bond, the price of that bond is going down. If you're trying to liquidate that bond, you're going to take less money than what you received, than what you paid for it, because interest rates are going up, which means... It, which means other people can go out there and buy bonds with a higher yield, a higher interest rate, a higher return. So they're going to pay less for your lower return in bond. So interest rates are going up. Bond prices are going down. 
which means that the value of your bonds is going down as well. And interest rates will continue to go up for the foreseeable future. So this bond market looks bleak, which is just one more reason why we have to get a little creative and look at bond alternatives with the construction of your portfolio. However, the primary driver of bonds or the primary reason we'd want to use something like bonds is to insulate you from the equity, the stock risk. Because you know you can't have all of your money invested in stocks, especially when you're retired taking income. So we have to have to still find something that's going to insulate you from risk. And there are a whole bunch of alternatives, a whole bunch of alternative types of investments to bonds that you can incorporate within it. We just have to look outside the traditional uh, when you get to retirement. Again, this is the whole reason why you want to be very intentional and very purposeful in the construction of your portfolio. Yeah, these conventional ways of, of just having this asset allocation that's 60-40 or those general rule of thumbs, they no longer work anymore. So I don't know. Have you ever heard of the rule of 100? Yes. Okay. So Not prior to working here, but yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. So for anyone who hasn't, what the rule of 100 is, is you take 100, you subtract your age, and that's the asset allocation that you should be in. So if Mrs. Jones was 70, you take 100 minus 70, and she should be in a 30% equity, 70% fixed income type portfolio. But as Lauren was saying is that these general rules of thumbs really are, are no longer working anymore. And, you know, one issue with that is that things like that only just take your age in consideration. They don't take in con or take into consideration, um, you know, what's your risk appetite. They don't take into consideration what your short-term needs are for income and then what your long-term goals are with the funds that you have. So you do have to get more creative and more innovative. you got to be a lot more intentional behind the purpose behind your investments because these conventional ways like the 60-40 allocation or maybe the, the rule of 100 just are no longer cutting it anymore. And just for the record, I did not fall asleep during your bond equity explanation. <laughs> I was just worried you were going to start like with some flow charts or some whatever those graphs are that you that, that I know you're so fond of. And I was worried like some words were going to come out that I just oh, would hang, put me to sleep. Hang in there, Molly. Don't worry. That's coming next. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, well, we got you covered. <laughs> no, you, you did a great job of explaining that. Of course, interest rates, something a lot of people are watching right now. Okay, so you guys are saying you need to get more creative, and I'm thinking about me here. <laughs> I don't have the licenses. I don't watch the stock market like you guys do. I'm maybe what you call your average investor. So somebody listening might go, well, I don't know how to get more creative. What are you guys talking about? Well, and that's okay because you don't have to get more creative. In fact, you are, have been encouraged to become less creative in your portfolio construction because most of these employer plans, so take the 401k plan as an example, they're encouraging you to use these 2020, 2030, 2040 type of portfolios where it is very much a set it and forget it type of portfolio. And it is primarily going to be invested in stocks and bonds. You're not going to see these alternatives. You're not going to see commodities. You're not going to see a lot of real estate. It is traditional a stock bond portfolio. So you have been encouraged in the accumulation years to not be creative, not investigate further, not look at other options that you have, put it away in this 2030 fund. It'll, it'll, as we approach that 2030 date, it's going to automatically get more conservative for you. That's not necessarily a bad thing because you are in your accumulation years. And when you're 40 years old, if we go through a, a market meltdown and your portfolio is down by 30%, it is not going to disrupt your retirement. In fact, in many ways, it can help you because through your 401k plan, you're contributing to this plan on a, on a 
on a monthly basis or whenever you get paid. So the market's down, you're buying more shares. And then eventually when the market comes back up, you're going to make even more money because you own more shares. So in the accumulation years, that is not a bad style. But when we get to the retirement years, this is where we have to have more intention because you're not contributing anymore. You are most likely taking out, even if you don't want to when you retire. Now at age 72, you're going to be mandated to. So you have distributions and you'd have this bucket of money, this pot of money that is going to have to last you for the rest of your life. And that's why, and that's one of the points of behind this podcast is you have to be more intentional. You have to have a purpose behind your portfolio construction and all of your eggs can't be in one basket. So that has to be, you have to have different buckets of money invested differently uh, based on the goals and objectives of those buckets. So you don't have to get more creative, Molly. Oh, good. Phew. I didn't really want to <laughs> do all that, the testing. That, take all that life yeah, that's right. That, that is not an expectation of you. And if, if you're listening and you don't have a retirement planner on your team, we would encourage you to get a retirement planner because in the accumulation world, it's much easier to do, your, do it yourself. There's way more moving parts in the retirement world. And it's nice to have somebody who's retired hundreds of times as opposed to you trying to do it for the first time. And that's why we say in retirement, you get one chance to get it right because you have to make decisions. You have to make decisions you've never had to make before. And in many cases, these are permanent decisions and you want to make these decisions with confidence. You want to make sure that you're making the best decisions possible for you. That's, that's why we offer all the education that we offer. So we talk about this in the form of you have to get more creative, but really you don't just make sure you have somebody on your team who understands the nuances of retirement planning. If you want to talk about updating your investments, getting organized or getting more creative as you head to and through retirement, here's a great opportunity. It's that 15 minute retirement checkup call. It's a complimentary call. You can schedule yours by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E retire.com. So today was just a talk about investments. When it comes to retiring, there's a lot more to discuss. We'll do it right here on this podcast. It's Retiring Today. Subscribe and tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. And you're not invested in a solid retirement income type of portfolio, then it could exasperate 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 <laughs> I, I should use a different exacerbate. Exasperate. exasperate is that what it is? A- exasperate oh. exasperate I should just use a different word <laughs> <laughs> <It> dramatically affect <laughs> boom